0: Hi everyone, Leanne Pilkington here for episode 24 of Courageous Conversations and with me I have got my very good friend, the dynamic Michelle Kerr from WA. Hi Michelle. Hi Leanne, I am so excited to be invited onto this podcast. And I am so excited to have you and to actually catch up with you. I haven't seen you since we spent some quality time together in Vegas.
1: And as we were just saying, what happens in Vegas?
0: Oh, it stays in Vegas, my friend. <laughs> There'll be none of those conversations going on.
1: No, that was just such an amazing experience. And as I told you, going to the Inman conference was like something I'd uh, dreamt of doing for a couple of years. So it was it lived up to all my expectations.
0: Yeah, so you would definitely recommend any of our listeners to head over to an Inman event in the US at some stage?
1: I just think the biggest thing I actually got out of it was um, the different perspective. I mean... I, you get a very, a very, very focused, small view of the world when you're really intensely working in your own little farm area. And what I loved about Inman is it really just gave you that global perspective on all the changes that were happening everywhere. And, you know, sometimes you think changes that are happening in your back garden are just happening here. And it really gave me that awareness that we're all facing the same, the same challenges going forward in the next 10 years in real estate.
0: Yeah, I agree. I was interested to see that the challenges we're facing here are the same as those in the US and also that luck because I was also uh, at Inman the year before and the year before robots were taking our jobs and technology was going to overrun everything whereas this year it was more about tech-enabled agents being able to provide a better service and develop better relationships and add more value which I thought was interesting.
1: Oh look I just absolutely loved it. I'm a massive nerd and um, it, was, oh, it was it was just an absolute highlight. I don't think I'll ever not go to it now. I've already booked for next year, which is really sad. Um, but, yeah, the thing that I really took out of it is that the, the agents that are going to um, be relevant going forward in the next 10 years, are they going to be the ones that are going to be able to marry the best of today's technology with kind of our grandparents' values? Oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. Um, you know, I went to a conference a couple of years ago where a tech person stood up and said, the sad reality of the market at the moment is that your parents, your grandparents are probably better prepared um, from a communications perspective to engage with clients than any of you sitting in the audience are because we've become kind of really complacent, I think, generally as an industry with the advent of email and text. I mean, you know, in general, people don't like to pick up the phone. It's always a huge fear um, in real estate and I think with the advent of texting and emails, we've been really
0: hiding behind that for a certain extent and I just don't think that's going to cut it going forward. Yeah, that's really interesting. I definitely agree but I do wonder what it's going to be like in in a few more years when the next generation start to become our consumers and they... Also hide behind technology and screens and the you know their gamers and all that sort of stuff. I wonder if they will want us to communicate via phone or not.
1: Well, it's interesting because probably half of my office. I love millennials, um, and I'll my my because my crew in here know what a tech head I am. They I'm 52, but they call me the oldest millennial in Perth. Um, I <laughs> absolutely love millennials because I just think you know we really need to be analyzing that next generation and seeing why they're engaging and what they're engaging in i i am a just absolutely manic studier of global trends and consumer trends and you know it's really interesting how experience driven we're becoming um, our consumer psychology. I mean, the latest stats say that people will value an experience ninety percent more than the purchase of something. So you know that that tells us a lot about what we need to be looking to and delivering as a, as a business.
0: Yes, absolutely. I mean, that, there's that old saying, right? People um, they don't remember what you say, but they always remember how you feel, how that how you make them feel.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's what we're really focusing on at Jeware Is I mean, we're very Forward. I like to say that we're a tech-enabled service company that just happens to sell real estate and we're really focusing on using and leveraging the tech side of the business to create a better experience for our clients. And um, we're invest- We probably the, the first business in the state to actually hire a full-time social and digital media marketing manager and all he does is manage Insta, Facebook and Google. That's how important we see
0: this. Wow, that is amazing. And have you? Are you getting a, a quantifiable return on that investment? Well, I absolutely cannot believe that the legs it's got. I mean,
1: I always—it was always a goal for me when I started Duet that that was he was probably the first person I hired. Um, that's how important I saw saw it going forward in the development of our industry. That we need to be getting. You know, and it's something they talked a lot about at Inman. We need to be getting closer to our clients at the beginning of the transaction, not coming in at the end of the transaction because, you know, it's that whole know me, like me, trust me. There is not a weekend at home opens that I do not get sometimes five, sometimes ten comments from people about things that have gone on on our Instagram story during the week. And these are people I don't even know, but they all feel like they know me because we play out our whole inner office story every week through Instagram story. And we've intentionally done that because we want people to see behind the curtain, see that we're human beings and engage with us and get to know us and get to like us or not like us um, and then hopefully get to trust us and use us.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. You're right. There's a lot of – it's It's very interesting to watch different agents and the way they approach the whole social media space because a lot of them are still doing the um, I've just listed this, I've just sold that, oh here's a testimonial. God. I know. I, it's – yeah.
1: You know what? The Today's consumer is so smart. They, we are dealing with the most educated buyer group we have ever known and if we think in this business that we are educating people anymore – Oh, my God, you've got it wrong. I mean, for goodness sake, I reckon the average buyer knows 10 times more about what's going on in my market than I do. Um, They're all walking around with RP data in their pockets. They all, you know, think they're real estate agents and some of them probably are better than some real estate agents because they're probably more educated about the market and what's going on. So I don't see our role as that anymore. I see our roles as being um, marketers and negotiators. I think the days of education is long gone.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree. You're right. The consumers have more education on particularly their bit of the market because they're specifically looking for a three-bedroom home with a swimming pool in that particular part of Perth, for example. So they know exactly what's going on.
1: And that's why, you know, you know what are the, I don't know what the percentage is now, but it's growing every day of how many people are, you know, searching for properties through their mobile phone, for example. And the minute they look at your your property on their mobile phone, they will instinctively, without even thinking about it, they will instinctively make a value judgment and an expectation of what they would expect to pay for that home. That's how smart they are.
0: Yeah, it's very true.
1: And I think so as a as a marketing and consultancy and advisement company, our job is to make sure that our clients are in the best possible position um, when we're putting their properties in the market. Because to get somebody off their butt from out in front of Netflix to a home these days is far harder than it's ever been.
0: Yeah, that's true. I love that description of your company, marketing, consultancy and advisement.
1: Yep, absolutely. That's where I see us as partners with our partners
0: with our clients to lead them through the process yeah nice let's go back a little bit because you have actually not been in the real estate industry as such for very long have you oh god no i'm the most reluctant real estate agent you'll ever meet <laughs> dragged you kicking and screaming
1: yeah i still don't i still for those of you out there listening to this i still don't identify as a real estate agent i just gonna make <laughs> a little clear <laughs> The first two years that I was in real estate, when anybody asked me what I did, I would I would just say um, anything except real estate agent because I was just mortified to say that I was a real estate agent. How terrible is that?
0: I know, but you know what? I can relate to it because the, my my whole family were real estate agents and I, that was the last thing that I was ever going to do was be a real estate agent. So even when I started working for dad as a teenager answering the phones in the business, I went to university to become a, a property valuer so so that I wasn't ever going to be a real estate salesperson of course I ended up a real estate agent and I love the industry but I hear you the perception is really powerful.
1: It is and because I I mean I only started in um, real estate in my mid-40s so you know god I'd had a whole you know lifetime of experience leading up to that in different industries and you so, I really kind of felt that before I, before I went into real estate, I had some level of respect from the community. Yeah. <laughs> and I felt like it just you know, plummeted to the bottom when I um, became an went into agent. Real estate.
0: So, tell, tell us a little bit about what you did before you became an agent and then what led you to actually becoming a dreaded real estate agent.
1: Okay, well, straight out of uni, I went um, straight out of school, I went to uni and did commerce. Um, and business, and then you know worked in stockbroking for a little while, and then I I've always had a really entrepreneurial heart. Ever since I was a, a very small child, I've always been very entrepreneurial, always looking for new ideas and ways to make money, put pop, you know, make more pocket money. And so as soon as I can, as soon as I could, I opened up um, my first business, which happened to be a gift shop. Um, And then we did um, picture framing and furniture and I had a bakery at one stage and I've had so many different businesses, but it's interesting. People go, how do you have all those different businesses? But for me, business is business. It's just the product. The actual way you run the business and you market the business and you work with the consumer is absolutely identical no matter whether you're selling shoes or houses. So for me, the challenge of learning about that business, that market segment, what worked, what didn't work, um, was really, really exciting. And the whole time that I was um, in and doing my small businesses, I was always involved in property in the background. So I was brought up in the Air Force and went to 21 different schools. So I'm an absolute, yeah, I know, right? Explains a lot now, Definitely not it, does. It certainly does. Um, so I was always, my parents were always buying and selling and flipping homes and um, so I just absolutely loved that. So the minute I started making money from my first business, I started investing in real estate and doing property development. So in many ways the businesses that I was the retail businesses I was running, I was using to fund and cash flow the property developments that I was doing. And then slowly that became a bigger and bigger and bigger part of my life. And I just absolutely love it. Um, like even now talking about it, I'm sitting up straighter and I'm smiling and um, like it, it just was really, really exciting. And that was a whole new world of learning. And I, you know, was in syndicates and big subdivisions and small subdivisions and renovated and flipped and sold a tonne of property. I can – I always say that I'm good. I can do just about any trade except ele- electrical wiring because um, I spent for many years of my time in, you know, work boots and overalls. I just love it. I just love property. I find it just absolutely intoxicating. And then the GFC hit. Do you remember the GFC, Leanne? Oh, yes,
0: I certainly do.
1: Yes, I'm still trying to go through therapy to get <laughs> Around it. Anyway, um, long story short, we had a lot of projects on the go around Australia, the GFC hit, um, the world really did stop on a dime, you know, after the collapse of Lehman Brothers, the whole world just shut down um, and that left me with two very, very small babies, a huge amount of debt, a huge amount of projects that the bank was now calling in all that debt and a very stressful situation For probably 24 months in which my husband and I basically lost everything we had oh wow yeah
0: yeah and um
1: I can say that now and not actually blow into a brown paper bag so obviously the therapy is (laughs) working
0: you're doing really well I'm proud of you
1: yeah, and look, um, look, it was, you know, I look back now and there's so many learnings, I couldn't see them at the time and if you told me at the time I would have had a lot of learnings looking back, I probably would have punched you.
0: Yeah, I was going to say you would have punched me for sure,
1: yeah. <laughs> looking back, you know, it's taught me, it taught me a lot and um, I would have, you know, like now I've actually found my, what I do say is my one true love which is real estate and I'll actually say that if you ask me publicly when you meet me in an open space and I'm not embarrassed about it because I absolutely love it and I love what we do and what we what we do in people's lives but um the after the GFC I was just muddling around basically spending every day on my computer trying to move money around so I didn't have to declare bankruptcy and um, a really good friend of mine um Adrian Abel um who runs Abel Property. yes I know Adrian
0: fantastic fantastic guy
1: outstanding agent and outstanding human being Um, and he got I was actually looking for somewhere to do sales and he said look I really want to see you working with Abel McGrath and I said well look I'll come and do I'll come and do some stuff but I'm not going to sell because I hate you lot Um, because I've had just a really you know a lot of really bad experiences with a lot of bad agents and a lot of good experiences with good agents but unfortunately you only remember the bad don't you true Um, and I just didn't want to, I couldn't see myself selling just because of how little regard I had for real estate agents. Long story short, I went and worked to Abel McGrath. Um, it was like a kid in a candy shop and joined the dots. I started selling and absolutely loved it and haven't looked back from there. But, you know,
0: I, I still say I'm the most reluctant real estate agent you ever meet. <laughs> yes, indeed. I can imagine it wouldn't have taken you long to start selling either. It would have, they wouldn't have been able to keep you out of there.
1: Oh no, I was like, I was in the background doing other things, and then in the in the end, I was like, "Oh, for God's sake, get out of the way and yes. let me do
0: it." Would you? I was just about to say that. Get out of my way and let me let me do it. Let me. You're do a, too funny. For to goodness sake! <laughs> and so, how long before you started duet, which of course is your business in Perth?
1: Well, I was with um, Aidan McGrath for seven years, and um, it just got to the point where my business had actually got quite large. And it was just the right time to leave because, you know, when your business starts, you know, I was almost like a really separate business within their business, which, you know, I think it was the right time for both of us to part ways because we parted friends and, you know, good respect. And I just really wanted to take, I had this vision of what I thought a real estate office would look like in 10 years time. and really just felt that I wanted to go and prove that to myself, rightly or wrongly, um, about my assumptions about real estate, where real estate was going. And it would have been really unfair for me to stay and try and do that within somebody else's business. Um, So I just made the very scary decision to jump and do it.
0: Wow. And that was three years ago? No, that
1: was... This time last year.
0: Oh, really? This time last year? Okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: So I left
0: Abel McGrath
1: at the end of September, jumped on a plane and went to Italy for two weeks so I didn't have to listen to all the gossip about Michelle Kerr leaving Abel McGrath. And then I came back and we operated in temporary accommodation till the second week in January this year when
0: my office opened. Oh, wow. I don't know why. Yeah, that's amazing. And so tell me, firstly, what does the real estate agency of the future look like?
1: Well, I think I'm looking at it from two perspectives. One, I had really been analysing about why people change agencies and what people are looking for because real estate agents... As in team members? yeah cuz i mean we're we're a different breed as real estate agents and we spend a hell of a lot of time in the office and we we just demand different things out of our environment so i've kind of my my idea was that i wanted to create an office where people felt like they were coming home to work and so we have a very open plan office, but most of our office, if you, if anybody wants to have a look at it, there's a 3D walkthrough. Of course, there is. Um, there's a 3D walkthrough that is attached to the Google Pointer for our business, um, and it's also available on our website. But um, so we basically designed an office. So the majority of our office is a massive kitchen um and kitchen bench and lounge suites and hamburger booths and hamburger booth <laughs> right. um, um we've got acoustic noise cancelling booths that you can go and sit in and make your phone calls um so most well all of my staff may sit at their desks but most of the time they don't they'll go and lie on the couch or they'll sit in a hamburger booth or they'll go in a bag or um, like we've got a very, it's a very high tech looking office. It's like, it's kind of like a goo everyone comes in and says it looks like Google. Um, it's crazy as, um, one of those offices, but it definitely does not look like a normal office. And all of my staff that work here absolutely love it. They just tell me it's the most amazing space to work in. Um, but I really designed the office. From the bottom up to reflect what we need, so we've got like even down to a massive shed out the back that's partitioned off for everybody's pointer signs and this. Like,
0: I've just tried to make it easy to be an agent. I guess bottom line. So the whole the whole office was designed for with the agents' needs in mind rather than Absolutely. consumers. Absolutely. And have you got window space or are no, you? No, we've got massive
1: window space. In fact, our office looks like. And, like, from the front, it's got, like, three-metre-high floor-to-ceiling glass around the front. So it kind of looks like apple from the street, like apple, apple,
0: off, apple um, showroom. Actually, Chantelle, God lover, my little producer sitting next to me, has just pulled it up on her phone. It looks and it's amazing. it's so fun to work in. It's just so fun.
1: And we have just, like... So many people calling in and peering in because it looks so different, it does not look like. It.
0: it does and there's not a there's not a for sale sign to be seen, no window cards. You will not see the word
1: real estate anywhere in our office because as I said, we're a tech enabled service company that happens to sell real estate.
0: Yeah, I like it.
1: So up here I've got a very large box of crystal as do most of my other agents for the awards they've won, but that's part of our ethos is we don't put those out on display. That's not what we're about. Interesting. Yeah, there's no no ego allowed.
0: I was going to say, yeah, no ego.
1: No, No ego. If you had an ego in here with my team, it would get beaten out of you in about 10 seconds.
0: And so let's speak about the team for a second. How do you find, because recruitment's the, the most challenging part of running a real estate business, how do you go about recruiting?
1: Well, I haven't, this is going to sound really terrible. So for those of you out here there who've had challenges with recruitment, this is not meant to sound self-effacing in any way, but I've actually done no recruitment since I started um, I created the business and I created the brand and the ethos and I put it out there and I have been inundated with people from the minute I opened and as of this week I now
0: have a full office I cannot take any more staff on. And you've been open for 18 months oh no a year sorry yeah, a year this I'm thinking January the year before yeah one year yeah. can't get seem to get through that through my head can I? Yeah. Talk us through the number of team members you've got.
1: I have Okay, we're, we're really interesting. Okay, so we've got six salespeople and all of them are high-performing agents. So we don't have any
0: new people. We don't have any people that have been in the industry for 20 and so let's just stay on that for a second. You've got six high-performing salespeople. We all know the difficulties in managing high-performing salespeople and getting them to conform to your way of doing things and your values. How has that gone for you?
1: Well, it's very interesting because, like, you know, going back on the fact that I haven't done any recruitment, Leanne, I think you attract your tribe. So these people saw what I was doing. I've been really candid with people. Like when people have approached me, And I have not approached a single person in joining my business, um, regardless of what anybody hears around the traps. Yeah, right. I have not paid people to start. I've offered no incentives, absolutely zero. Everyone's come to me because they've been looking for something different and they saw something different here. Isn't that interesting? So I could fill another two offices with the people
0: that have approached me. And so what is it that they see in you or your business that they're not getting from others? I'm a bit nutty. You are? Um, I'm,
1: I'm always doing something crazy in my market. I love marketing. I'm, I'm really innovative. I am probably a better leader than I am a real estate agent. I would say if you asked me what my purpose on earth was at the moment, I would say my, I, my purpose is to help other people discover what's amazing about themselves and bring that out and live their best life. That's my purpose.
0: My purpose isn't to sell real estate. And so how do you do that? How do you bring that out in, in other people?
1: Well, all of my staff when they start go through the duet brainwashing process for the first time, okay. which is all about our brand and our values and our marketing and what we stand for, what we won't stand for. Um,
0: yeah, important. We're very
1: clear about that. And and also we operate very differently financially in here, so there is no. Everybody feels very relaxed and unintimidated. Like we, we don't have any conjunctionals within the office, no exchange of money within the office. Um.
0: So it creates a very open, warm, trusting environment. What does that mean? You don't have any conjunctions in the office?
1: Well, you know, like if somebody in, I don't know, I mean, I'm just talking about my experience in WA, but. You know, yeah. all in an agency. That if I've got a buy, let's say you and I work next to each other, Leanne, in the office, yep. and you brought a property on and go, "Hey, Leanne, I've got a buy for that."
0: Yep. Well, you don't pay me; I just give you the buyer. Ah, righto. And so that doesn't stop people giving the buyers. No. Away. In fact, in fact, we actually work together every week, brainstorming
1: how we can serve our clients. How best. we can Oh my goodness! What a novel concept. Um, and so I don't just talk about it; we actually do that. And um, we have a very, very, very tight culture in here. It's probably not for everyone, but we absolutely have each other's backs, and we first and foremost we have our clients' backs. And there is absolutely no exchange of money in here. I actually don't even take any referrals of any sort from any business outside of my business either.
0: Right. So no local agent finder or open agent or any of those? I'm not sure if you have those in Perth, but we certainly have I don't many. have
1: any referrals with structural companies, settlement agents, like it is against our company policy to take any referrals of any type from any type of business, right. any, like any payment of any sort. Yeah. Because our goal is to serve the customer and um, I don't believe we can make good decisions as a business and who, which services we choose to partner with if we're also getting payments from those people. Yeah, that's fair. That's a fair call. And um, going to the point that we've actually got a full life-size cutout of a person who represents our customer and she goes to every single one of our sales meetings. Her name's Fran. <laughs> oh, I
0: love you. You're so funny.
1: So she sits at every meeting. So whenever we are discussing something and we can't agree, we always go, well, what would Fran want? What would Fran? Well, <laughs> best thing to do.
0: So, oh, my, dear, that's great. My
1: team. I'm just so excited about the team I've got together. I'm so excited about the next 24
0: months and what we're going to be able to create. Without giving away any trade secrets, um, what are, what do you want to create in the next two years? It sounds like you've done an amazing job in the last year. What is there? What is there left to well, do? I
1: guess for the next. Now that we've got a full house, we really see our job for the next 12 months is really. Um, solidifying our culture. That for me is probably my number one goal because I think if you've got a good culture, then everything else falls into place anyway. So how do you do that? Oh, it's an interesting, it's really kind of an um you know people ask me this all the time because they always come in and go, Oh my God, your culture's amazing. And it's one of those things as a leader that sometimes when you actually sit and have to verbalize it like I know intrinsically in myself emotionally and spiritually and intellectually how I do it, but it's very hard to verbalise. And it's, it's, it's what I do think, say, feel and feedback to my staff every minute of the day. Like it's really fine-tuning. Like I don't think as a leader you can be absent. So I'm like in my business all the time, fine-tuning, giving people immediate feedback and just keeping everyone on course and I think by doing that, I'm not saying things are not going to go astray,
0: but you have less chance of them going astray. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: But, it's, but I think it's with all the things like we don't exchange money in-house. We put each other first. We put the client first. And it's the languaging we use within the business. Right. Like We don't use the word buy and sell in here. What do you use? We use the word acquire, purchase. If we, we don't say, do you want to? When do you want to sell a property? Is when would you like to release the property? So right. very, I consider real estate to be and a really emotive, emotionally driven um, industry, and right. part of that is all of the agents get wrung out every day with what they have to deal with and carry and put up with, and I think as a leader part of the keeping the culture is letting everyone know that you are there for them we we focus very heavily on mental health i've just had um i've been designing a program for mental health in real estate because i see that as a real gap and i've just ro- rolled it out with my own staff and they've all said they've just been absolutely transformed
0: that is phenomenal good on you and so
1: part of that is i have a high performance psych on staff for my staff so if it, right it, like so if I see someone needing a bit of a tweak I'll go hey go see Jody, give her a call book yourself in and if you don't book yourself in I'll book you in and if you don't do that I'll drive you um because it's just you, I think we put up with so much as agents and I think to be without being um too general making too big of a generalization. I think it's something in real estate we do very poorly looking after sales reps. I think I think I think there's some amazing agencies out there doing it really well, but I think eighty percent of agencies aren't. And I think most people get given a phone and a desk and off you go, let us know when you get a listing. And I Yeah, that's, it's very true. And I think that's the extent of your training, your coaching and your mentoring. Whereas I decided I wanted to be a small focused agency where I could bring each agent in that approached me, work out what's working for them and what's not working for them and then help them with that. So I spend half an hour with each of my sales staff every week coaching them but none of it's to teach them how to be a good agent, Leanne. They already know how to do that. It's about how to balance your life, how to learn to say no, how to switch off your phone. I'm teaching them more about life balance than I am about how to list a property. They don't have any problems listing the properties. They have problems coping with all the properties they've listed and how do you make that work? And I think no one really cares about that in real estate. In fact, the more you're listing, the harder you get whipped and you know what I mean? It's a really interesting industry and I think there's a really big gap there for businesses out there to step in and fill. And, you know, nobody leaves nobody leaves the business. They leave, they leave leaders and... And I think there's a really massive, massive, a massive space that people can step into in real estate at the moment and, and be better leaders and take care of the mental health of the people that are generating our income and care about their families and the bigger picture of their lives because real estate is all-encompassing
0: and I think we forget that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm going to have to bring you over to Sydney to talk to my people at some stage, my friend. So when you um, when you decide you need a trip to Sydney, um, you let me know. No, I, I just
1: I'm really really passionate about it. And I, so you asked me what I think the new real estate agency of the future looks like. I think it'll be I think it'll be much better surroundings, non traditional. But I think the biggest growth will be as leaders i think we need to be better leaders in the mental health space and support structures
0: that we give our high performing agents absolutely couldn't agree more and i think that is a perfect place to finish because we have been speaking for more than 30 minutes how fast did that go oh my god in the blink of an eye in the blink of an eye i felt like we were on the colorado river um, kayaking oh
1: my god how back good in was vegas that?
0: I know. I think it was one of the highlights of the trip for me. Oh, do you know,
1: it's, you know I, I did like going for the, the ride the day before, but I tell you what, that couple of hours we spent kayaking, that was probably the highlight of my whole trip.
0: Yeah, it was it was fabulous, and I think doing the helicopter the day um, before—just we've got a hard life, haven't we? (laughs) Helicopter the day before, and then um, going from one extreme to the other—I think was a really great way of doing it.
1: First world pain, Leanne.
0: I know, I know. We work hard; we deserve it. Yeah, but
1: what an amazing industry! Like, seriously, it's the last bastion of uncapped sales, and it's really the last industry that you—you're only limited by your imagination.
0: How great's that? I know, it is awesome. What is that? Awesome. So, thank you so much for taking the time. I know how busy you are, and I really, really appreciate it. My absolute pleasure.